What's up, New York? You're listening to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. Hey guys, this next segment is brought to you by the Blackhawk Group. Blackhawk Group offers an unparalleled customer support service combined with top-level classroom installations and equipment servicing. They have years' worth of experience in this field, experience that is unmatched by competitors anywhere. Learn more about Blackhawk Group at www.blackhawkgroupllc.net. Hey everybody, welcome to the Empire State Conserve Network podcast. I'm Pete, this is Evan. As you can see, we have two special guests today. But before we get into uh, them and what, what they're here for, first off, if you're new to the show, welcome. The Empire State Conserve Network podcast is from New York-based conservatives. Of course, they're tired of being neglected by their local and state politicians. They're also sick and tired of being ostracized by friends, family, co-workers for thinking differently than they do about politics and about life in general. And to dispel one of those myths today, we have on two folks from the LaRouche pack, if I'm saying that correctly. we got Daniel Berg here closest to the camera, and we got Jason Ross. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Good, thanks. thanks. Awesome. So we have you on primarily to talk about climate change. There's a couple things we want to talk about on that front um, with what you guys are doing. Before we get into that, Climate change, is it real, and how worried should we be about it? I mean, is the world going to end in the next six months? Because that's what I'm really worried years, about. According to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And you know, this is one of these things we've heard about every 10 years. We hear the world's going to end in 10 years. we got more of a threat coming to the planet from an asteroid striking us and destroying a whole country, a whole city, than we do of climate change. And the big thing is that people are claiming certainty about something that they just shouldn't. And there's not been a real investigation that listens to the full story. Mm -hmm. Instead, people who oppose these conclusions, they get kept out of the reports, their views aren't considered, and that needs to change. Mm -hmm. Well, so basically what you're saying is that there's a certain view on it, and the only evidence that's being accepted is the evidence that supports that view. It's like if you're doing a murder investigation, and I think Peter did it, I'm only listening to people that are telling me that Peter did it. I'm not listening to the guy who was like, oh, I saw this, and it wasn't Peter. It was that guy down the street. So by not taking all the information into account, they're basically having confirmation bias, and it's pushing all these new things like the Green New Deal, which mm -hmm. is completely insane, and all this other you know, panic that is being set upon, especially on college campuses. You're right. And then you, then you interview five people that you know agree with you, and you say, everybody agrees. Mm -hmm. If you don't agree with this, you're some strange person, and you're not listening to science. Well, science listens to evidence, not popular opinion. Mm -hmm. Einstein wasn't right because he took a poll and people agreed with him. He was right because <laughs> he was right. He did experiments. He was right because he was right. And on the climate change front, Trump has proposed, he's putting together through his National Security Council a committee to advise him on this, mm -hmm. to take a deliberately adversarial approach. We're saying, look, the Green New Deal, first off, that's impossible. Yeah. And even, you know, even in the Senate, no one voted for it, mm -hmm. right? Even, yeah, 57 even zero. Yeah, they said, I'm present yeah. while this is being discussed. That was the best thing. thing. I'm <laughs> here, but yeah. So things like this the, the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, their estimates are that to do what they're saying by 2035 would cost $50 trillion at least. Now, can you think of anything else you might do with $50 trillion? I can think of a lot of things I'd like to do with $50 trillion. None of them involve knocking down every single building in the country and rebuilding it. Right. 
So if you know, if you if you go in and the doctor says, well, we're going to have to do something and it costs fifty trillion dollars and we're going to replace every one of your organs and you know, <laughs> also we should probably kill you because you're bad for the environment. You might say, I'd like a second opinion. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll talk to someone else who doesn't feel this way and sound them out. Right. And that's what Trump has called for. So what this committee would do would be to you know look at all the points of view on this and say before we invest this huge amount of money, huge amount of effort, make this a national international priority. Let's be sure that it's true, because there's real costs. Mm -hmm. There's real costs. If you tell a developing country that they're going to have to get out of poverty, not like we did with coal and then with oil, but they're going to have to use windmills <laughs> that cost you know five times more for the same amount of power, and it's turning on and off, is that fair? No. Absolutely not. But it, it, that also raises the question of if, if this uh, terrorism of consensus is coming down, and preventing any uh, truthful investigation, well, who's creating that? You know, who is benefiting from organizing uh, a scientific investigation to be all about consensus? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and isn't there a Nobel, what was his name? Was it Mandel or something? There, there was a Nobel Prize winning uh, scientist who has gone on the record as saying that you know, the consensus is only occurring because the, uh, the investigating teams that are looking at climate science, they have to agree. And if they have a dissenting opinion, they're no longer getting funding. Yeah. So, that, so it seems to be a, a money-making thing, too, right? Because Al Gore, he said we're supposed to be dead how many times since 2000? Yeah, we're supposed to be dead by, what, 2010, was it? Yeah, it was 2010 yeah. and it was 2016. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure the other time's coming in the future. Yeah, that's absolutely not. So what's the name of this PAC? Uh, no, sorry, not the PAC, the, uh, the Action Committee that the President is founding. It's called the President's Committee on Climate Science. Okay. And so at this point, what happened was, as it was being planned, someone in the National Security Council or with access to what the National Security Council was doing, see, William Happer, Dr. William Happer, he's a Princeton uh, physics professor emeritus, and he's the guy who was going to be heading this up. And he's on the President's National Security Council. So what happened was they were saying, let's pull together this committee. Someone who didn't like it leaked that to the Washington Post, mm -hmm. which, of course, has a, you know, they hate everything Trump does. Former newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so the, the reason for leaking that was to try to kill it before it even got started. Mm -hmm. So this is why people have written letters saying this should never happen. He's a denialist, which is just a ridiculous word. I mean, yeah. you know, you don't have to bring up the Holocaust when you're saying you have a disagreement about science. Right. But that's what they're doing on it. Mm -hmm. Um, what it really comes to is a, an attempt to reduce population, to stop development. Mm -hmm. Because after, the, after World War II, saying that you thought that other countries shouldn't develop because dark people were inferior, you couldn't say that anymore mm -hmm. after Hitler. People okay. said, oh, no. So what they did instead to keep the former colonies poor was the British said, let's use environmentalism. Let's say, oh, you know what? I'm sorry, but you could develop, it would be great, but you'll destroy the planet. We're going to have to create a park here, we're going to have to give you appropriate technologies, you know, like a foot-powered pump. That's racist to say that's appropriate for anybody. What's appropriate for every human being is running water in your home with electricity. That's appropriate. 100%. Yeah. So what's, uh, what, it, what it's done is it's really held back the development of the third world, and now it's saying, well, we're going to de-industrialize and go backwards economically in the so-called developed world. I mean. How do you run an economy that gets 90% of its power from fossil fuels if you say, we're going to get rid of all the fossil fuels? It's suicide. Yeah, well, the people on the left clearly want government takeover of everything, so they'll be like, listen, 
private industry is destroying the planet. You need the government to step in and take control of everything. Once we do that, then the world will be safe. And in reality, it won't be safe. Everyone will just be a slave to the government. Poor. And, and the thing is, on a lot of things like actual pollution, we're, we're doing great in the U.S. Actual pollution, it's way down compared to three decades ago. If you look at things coming out of cars, like, uh, like um, particulate matter, nitrous oxides, sulfur oxides, they're all down over 90%. Mm -hmm. So things that are actually bad, yeah, sure, we can, it's good to have clean air. But this is just, if you wanted to say, how do we stop economic development and keep people around the world poor, you'd say, oh, all energy use is associated, almost all of it is associated with carbon dioxide. So mm -hmm. let's go after it. And if people say, but nuclear works, we'll just say, no, no, it's, it's too scary. Of course. Yeah, and, and I've done a couple of episodes on, on nuclear power for one, and then obviously you mentioned carbon dioxide, and I wanted to see if you guys knew about the science a little bit more than I did. But from what I understand, it's not as bad as uh, a lot of environmentalists are owning it up, up to be. In fact, I've heard that the more the better, so it's almost counterintuitive. Yeah, that, that's actually what, what Dr. Haffer has said in his, uh, in his reports. Is that, I mean, this is a building block of life. This is what we need to green the planet. Mm -hmm. And if you actually look at, there's a report that came out no more than a month ago from NASA mm -hmm. about how much green there is. In other words, how much plant matter there is in the world. And over the past, uh, I don't know, 10 years that they looked at, it is significantly increased. Uh, and this is largely due to the fact that we have countries like India and China that have been engaged in massive economic development because the thing that the environmentalists don't want to uh, admit is that human econo economic activity is actually good for the planet mm -hmm. and, and it's it increases the rate at which we can get productivity out of the environment. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, I mean, when we when we increase our economic activity, we're going to grow more food, we're going to develop, we're going to plant more trees. That's what's happening. That's, and that's what happened in the United States in the 1930s. It can happen, you know, it's, it's a basic reality about the relationship between humanity and the environment. But these people claim that mankind is in an inherently antagonistic relationship with Gaia, with Mother Nature, this pagan ideology that they have. Yeah, and a big thing, though, is that they, twi they want to twist everything to fit their narrative. And we've seen it with everything else. And then yeah, even right. with this, what, this glacier that is now growing right. in Greenland, yeah. they go, it's not necessarily a good thing. Wait, wait, I thought you said the Earth was warming, but now we're getting more ice. So how is this not a good thing? Because they refuse to admit that anything that doesn't fit their narrative could possibly be true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you, if you look at what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has said, she did this Instagram Live where she says, uh, we no longer have to prove it, that, that you know, man-made climate change, it's obvious. If you go out, and I, I forget the exact quote, but she basically says, if you go outside and it's warmer than it used to be, then that's proof. And if you go outside and it's colder than it used to be, that's also proof. So, you know, it's just complete, uh, I mean, it's a degradation of the level of discussion to the point where people are not, they're not thinking at all about the future. They're just thinking about repeating something that, that's some consensus. Well, and people believe that they say, well, this is too complicated for me. Yeah, right. you know, I don't have a PhD in astrophysics or you know, biology sure. or whatever. I can't understand all of this. So people, this is one of the things that we found talking to students on campuses is that some people get into it and some of them say, look, I can't figure this out. I just have to do with whatever, you know, whatever the experts say. I just have to go along with that. 
He said, well, the experts told us that Adam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, didn't they? Sure. Didn't a lot of experts say that opioids were not addictive and that it was fine? Sure. I mean, experts aren't necessarily right. Right. They also said Hillary Clinton was going to be president. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, I, I think that that's a huge point on this, is that basically the fraud of Russiagate has gone down. And this is an earthquake in world politics. It's enormously important for American history because it's as though the WND lie was exposed before we went into war and killed a million people and, you know, and so everything else. It's an, it's an enormous development. And now people are primed to recognize that they've been lied to on other things, mm -hmm. in particular this fraud on climate change. No, and I don't trust anything AOC says to begin with. You know, yeah, she would walk outside, outside and someone would piss on her head and she'd be like, oh my God, it's acid rain! <laughs> climate change, run! <laughs> God, that's awesome. So you, you guys mentioned that you're on college campuses. Mm -hmm. So so how are you reaching? I know some of them, like you said, they they don't want to tackle the subject because it is complicated. I mean, I, I'm not very fluent on it either. But, you know, so how do you tackle that with them? And how do you break down the walls of they've been indoctrinated to believe that this is occurring when it may not be? So our approach has been to use irony because it's really, you, you know, if you get into like a fact for fact for fact for fact thing, then you, you've lost the kind of the playfulness of the mind because you need that to recognize that you know everyone in the mass media is wrong about this essentially with you know some very small exceptions uh, you need it's really difficult to recognize how significantly you've been lied to by the whole society and so what we're doing is we're going after the root axiom which is is mankind a good is mankind something that's a cancer on the planet right and so we we set up two tables Okay, and one table says on the front, the world needs more people. The other table says the world needs fewer people. And we stand at, the, we stand at both tables, and at the table that has the world needs more people, we have all types of discussion about economic development, about what we can actually do with science, with space exploration, with fusion energy, breakthroughs that we actually need for humanity. And then at the other table, the satirical one, we have quotes from people in history who have supported the idea that we need depopulation in order to defend the climate. Mm -hmm. So this includes people like Thomas Malthus, who famously said that if you feed everyone, if you feed all the poor and lift them to a reasonable standard of living, then you're going to run out of food and have a catastrophe. So it's very bad to feed the poor. And this is in the 1780s on behalf of the British East India Company. And then we have a quote from Bertrand Russell, uh, who says essentially the same thing, that basically, you know, the, we really need to get rid of people, and, uh, and you know, so far, war hasn't done enough, but maybe a bacterial, uh, maybe a biological war will help us, and these people who are claiming that, who, who, who really view that mankind is something evil, and we have Obama on there as well. 2011, he went to uh, South Africa, gave a speech in front of a bunch of students, and he said, we're talking about the youth of Africa, well, I've got to tell you something. If we get everyone in Africa the same living standard we have in the U.S., a big car, air conditioning, a big house, the world will boil over. Right? So he's explicitly saying to these Africans, you cannot have economic development because Al Gore told me so. <laughs> you know? And then what happens is that people come over and they, they don't realize that the two tables are by the same people. Mm -hmm. And so they say, we say to them, do you think there should be more people or fewer people? Mm -hmm. And some people will run over to the more person table and, they'll, and they'll, they'll be the people who are already thinking about these things. 
Other people have not really considered the implications of their ideas, so they come up to the fewer people table, and they, they're repeating something they heard in Environmental Science 101 earlier that day. And they say, well, I think fewer people. So we say, okay, well, then why don't you sign our survey? Why don't you fill out our survey? If you think the world needs fewer people, then who in your family is the most useless to you? <laughs> <laughs> and then they say, oh, but I don't want to give it to someone in my own family. And we say, okay, okay, so which U.S. state should we eliminate? You know, is there, someone, is there some state that you don't like? And they say, no, no, I don't, I don't want that. And we say, okay, well, what, what country should we bomb and eliminate so that we don't have to deal with their CO2 emissions? And eventually, a lot of people will kind of start laughing. And they'll realize that they've been had and that their own idea was totally absurd, but they never actually were pressed to take it to the limit and recognize what it meant. And at that point, we bring them over to the sincere table and we lay out, you know, the presidential committee and what can be done. So that's been really fun, actually. It's been hilarious, but, <laughs> yeah. That sounds awesome. So uh, I had a couple of questions, too. So one that came to mind when we were talking before is that, you know, the funding goes to the people who have the consensus that yeah. is then used to indoctrinate the masses and students. Who's behind that? Who, who prof I know Al Gore personally has profited quite a bit. He's on those two awful documentaries on it. But who is there a larger group that's behind this? Is there really a rationale? Is it really just um, a, a type of, I guess, eugenics or population control experiment? Uh, yeah. what, what is going on there? It's at the top level. There are people who make money off of it, but what's bigger than that is the control over what direction the world will go in. And in this case, the British Empire has been, for decades, promoting the idea of controlling the world's population. If you're running a world empire, do you want countries to be rich and powerful or poor and in chaos? Yeah, right, easy. Easier to control countries that are poor and in chaos. So in 1968, when the environmentalist movement was being created, a group got together called the Club of Rome. And I'll just read a brief quote from when this was put together, an environmentalist group. Sure. In searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. But in designating them as the enemy, we fall into the trap of mistaking symptoms for causes. The real enemy, then, is humanity itself. And so what you've had with Prince Philip creating the World Wildlife Fund along with Prince Bernard of the Netherlands, Prince Bernard, the official Nazi member, uh, party member, was a way to say, we're going to keep the world on our terms. We're not going to let it develop. And then so, you know, you get people who, you know, figure they can make some money off of this or be a useful tool, like Al Gore, who gets in and tries to make a buck. But this is much bigger than, this wasn't dreamed up by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. How much has? No, <laughs> it wasn't dreamed up by Al Gore. It's like Russiagate. Was this, did, did Hillary Clinton push this? Sure. Did she dream up the whole thing? No, it's a little bigger than that. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, and that's exactly, uh, you know, it's... <laughs> He said AOC didn't dream this up, and as soon as you mentioned AOC and dreaming, all I thought of was unicorns, farting rainbows. I just I don't know, I had to get it out. And so that's exactly what she sees when she right. closes her eyes at right. night. No, they fart out windmills. <laughs> and clean energy. It just happens. Yeah, but it's not no CO2 in those fights. <laughs> you, you just pay for it, right? It's cheaper. Right. No, we have to pay for it. Humanity depends on it. It doesn't matter where the money comes from. She, she already are. said that she wouldn't have children, so I fully yeah. support no, her. No, she said that AOC shouldn't have children. In order to save the world, AOC should not have children. I'm 100% on board. I'm on board with that, but that's not what she said. She said that people should not have children. They should think twice before they have children. 
And there's even those people in Britain that, yeah. those women in Britain who are like terrified to have children, they actually got some media attention. I forgot what I was going to Birth strikers, and, you know, and, and there's a group in Germany called Kinderfrei, which means ch child free. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's like, like preservative free, <laughs> salt free. <laughs> no, really, it's, they use the yeah. same kind of word. I'm sorry, if you're going to buy into this nonsense, then yeah. don't have kids. Help us all out. Yeah. If you're really buying into this hysteria and you're that type of person, it's like, if you're that crazy, don't have children and then have them propagate this in the future. Go ahead, don't have kids. Let the people who are of sound mind have children, and let's push the earth towards a like much better direction. Yeah, and get out of the Congress. Yeah, really, that I mean, too. I mean, the, I, I just think that there's, a, there's an a enormous potential here, because if what, as, soon as, as soon as the Russiagate thing blew up, then with this uh, doubt of a report from Mueller, then Trump came forward and Pen, uh, Vice President Pence said, Pence said, we are going to put a man on the moon, or actually an astronaut, a man or a woman on the moon, a team of astronauts within five years. This has not really been widely discussed, but I think this is an enormous you know, response because the thing is that people get drawn into environmentalism because they have this kind of utopian hope that like, you know, gee, if we can just take care of the corporations or something, then we can all live in harmony. And it's nonsense. The, the issue is progress. Mm -hmm. And I think Trump is really moving towards that. So that's a good way to fix this, is you get people focused on things that actually do mean something for their future. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in 100% agreement. So in terms of energy sources that currently exist, that we know about, because I know that if the Green New Deal is ever going to happen at an affordable rate, those technologies between water, wind, solar, they really have to up their game. So what are the most effective means of energy? What are some of the least? And then how dirty are the ones that they demonize, <laughs> if at all? Which I, I've looked into it just a little bit, but I know for sure that they're not as bad. I mean, can we use cow farts? Like, can, <laughs> is that possible? Apparently there's a lot of cow farts. I like can it. I use that to power my car? I, I think they do in some places. <laughs> <laughs> they use that, they use chicken shit. They use chicken shit power sources. Um, the, the best, in terms of like what's clean, people think, oh, solar panels, they're real clean. You know, you put them on a building, they look real clean. But where do they come from, okay? Mm -hmm. They require at least 20 times as much material as a nuclear power plant. Mm -hmm. You gotta mine that material. You gotta mine these rare earths. Most of them come from China. China, they're getting better, but they don't have the best mining safety and cleanliness, etc. So, you, you know, when you look at what actually goes into making windmills, what actually goes into making solar panels, yeah, they don't come out of a, a unicorn didn't fart them out, right? They had to be produced. You want to talk about what's clean. Nuclear is very clean. If we recycled our nuclear fuel the way France does, I mean, it's crazy. We've got these, you know, these, these, uh, these tins, you know, these barrels sitting outside nuclear plants, or, you know, inside nuclear plants. And most of that fuel, you can reuse it. You just have to recycle it and clean up the stuff that you don't need and concentrate what's left. So it's a great power source, and frankly, look, wind, I'm not wind, um, coal, mm -hmm. coal power plants nowadays, they're pretty clean. Oil, you know, in cars and things like this, much cleaner than 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Natural gas, very clean. So, you know, but the, the, in terms of what it gets the most bang for the buck would be new kinds of nuclear plants. People mm -hmm. attack our plants and they say, well, they're old. It's like, yeah, they are old. Mm -hmm. New ones would be better designed. They could be cheaper. They're better. I mean... Cars 40 years ago compared to cars today, we've learned a few things. Yeah. Same, same with nuclear, but the real thing is nuclear fusion. If Right now we break apart large nuclei, it makes a lot of energy. 
we get even more putting together smaller ones. And this would be something that could power a rocket that could take you to the moon in a week instead of nine months like it takes you right mean now. To Mars. Oh yeah, sorry, to, to, to Mars in a week instead of nine months. Or wow. that, that's the future. This next segment is brought to you by Items for All Occasions. Items for All Occasions specializes in helping you sync up with what you need for your event's promotional needs. Whether it's announcements, cards, giveaways, invitations, tchotchkes, or video books, they have you covered. Learn more about Items for All Occasions at www.itemsforalloccasions.com. Well, that's, yeah, and, and that is something that I think a lot of people need to realize and need to look into. And I started looking into this very recently. I did a couple of shows on, uh, I think I mentioned I did one on gas. And, oh, I wanted to ask you guys about this. So we know that Emperor Cuomo here in New York State, <laughs> he does not want hydraulic fracking. We right. cannot tap into the Marcellus Shell, which is the largest repository of natural gas in the entire state. Instead, he's trying to pander to these uh, these green groups, and he invested, what was it, three-quarters of a billion dollars uh, into a solar panel uh, company in Buffalo, New York, of all places. Where Which failed. Yeah. <laughs> well, it failed, yeah. right. They created 1,000 jobs off of that amount of money. It's almost like uh, de Blasio's wife losing a similar amount of money for a mental health initiative that did next to nothing. So I'm sure she just forgot it at the supermarket. It's okay. <laughs> So, so do you think with Cuomo, this whole thing with fracking, is fracking safe, especially hydraulic fracking in that case, or at least in comparison to what the environmentalists would have us believe? No, I think it's something that you can use. It shows you something about, about human ingenuity, hmm. is that resources actually become less expensive and more plentiful over time. Hmm. And part of the, and the way that we do that is that we make resources. Animals, you know, they look at resources around them. They look for fish in a stream or some berries or nuts or something like that. We make our resources. So iron ore, when you dig it out of the ground, it's basic, it's rust. It's not iron, it's rust. That's what iron turns to naturally, it rusts. So we got to turn that and, and work on it and make iron out of it. It's a resource that we create. So fracking, it's an example of how we develop new technologies that even when we say, well, we're kind of running out of this, hey, we found a new way to get to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that really what we should move towards is those better nuclear plants. And okay. people have got this sort of fear about nuclear that comes from... Mm -hmm. Chernobyl. Comes from Three Chernobyl. Mile Island. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, th no one, you know, Three Mile Island didn't... Yeah, this didn't cause mass death. Chernobyl, no plant in the U.S. is built like that one. Right. And there's better plans now. Mm -hmm. So it's not, we shouldn't debate, you know, what do we have from 40 years ago? We say, well, what do we do today? If you really want to make power for the world today, and you're opposed to nuclear power, and you say you're for the environment, you need to reconsider mm -hmm. how your thoughts fit together, because they don't. No, that's definitely something to consider because that, that's literally what they do. They claim it's like, hey, we're for the environment, but the second you bring up nuclear options, no, 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 it has to be wind or it has to be solar or it has to be... Yeah. Well, why can't it be nuclear? If you're saying that we have the ability to utilize recycling and keep it clean and keep it safe, then there is no downside. The only downside is that they have to admit that they were wrong right. and they can't do that. And you see these people who still won't admit that there is no Russian collusion. Mm -hmm. There are people still mm -hmm. willing to fight it. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Rachel Maddow's viewership is down what? Like 60%? It went down like overnight? I have women who I work with who have walked in the next, after it came out that there was no collusion, with their heads down, just like, how are you not gloating? I'm like, because for two years I already knew this wasn't true. I don't need to gloat. This, like, this isn't news for me. Like, I'm done. I already knew I was winning. I won two years ago. I'm winning again today. I've been winning since Trump was elected. 
I don't need to brag, but they it's so hard for them to admit they were wrong, and it's the same thing. It's so hard for them to admit that Hillary Clinton was such a horrible candidate, so they can't admit that nuclear power could be great for the world because they're telling you that, no, it has to be wind. Meanwhile, how much power would we possibly get from these windmills in California where it would take, what, like something like 10,000 years to replace the amount of energy it took to build them? Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. When we have the ability, and they claim that they're all for progress, so let's let's use progress for clean, safe nuclear power. Why not? Progress used to mean helping people live a better life. And yes. Now it seems like it means having less people mm-hmm. and being poorer. Yeah, yeah. That's not progress. I think this has a lot to do with sort of what is the American uh, concept of what what it means to be a human being. Because the found the founding concept of the United States. Uh, includes in it the idea that mankind is in the living image of the creator, which is to say there's some power within human beings that allows us to do things uh, that are good and that allow us to be creative, to create things that never existed before. And what that's been replaced by, and the reason that we've had cultural decline, if you ask me, is the change in that concept to the idea that human beings are somehow like just a, just another beast, just another creature. At, at, at the campuses, you know, you run into people who who genuinely believe that you should not you 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 should not claim that human beings are more important than sea slugs, you know. And that's and that's I I faced someone who had exactly that argument like two days ago. Wow. Then they should go live with sea slugs. <laughs> Can you live? I guess. I don't know. I Let them try. <laughs> so what was the, just on that because that, that that's fascinating. What was the argument for that? For for <laughs> sea slugs and humans being comparable living beings. You know what, that's the kind of thing where when you, when you actually press on it, well, but, but excuse me, like what, 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 what about the differences between human beings and every other animal species? Then that's when they tend to run away. Right. And so it's interesting. There's a certain sort of, you, you, cert, you hit a certain boundary line with a lot of these uh, people who, who suddenly say, well, I can't have this discussion anymore. And when we went to, this is, uh, this is a picture on our, on our newspaper of the climate strike, where there were like 52 countries that were involved in this. My friends and I, we went to Colombia for the Colombia climate strike, and we had a big sign that said, we challenge you to a debate, mm-hmm. right? And the thing was that the Sunrise Movement was there, and these are people who are being paid by Tom Steyer and others who were paying also for the attempt to impeach Trump. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and all, well, they said, no debate, the, ba- the debate's over. We're not going to talk to you. And then the other college students, the other Columbia students, took the cue, and they just, you know, ignored us. And, wouldn't, and we said, you know, hey, how about a debate? They said, oh, I'm not supposed to talk to you, effectively. <laughs> but then the high school students, this is the interesting thing, they were totally open. Mm-hmm. Because the way they organize these things, they're trying to brainwash large numbers of high school kids. So they invited a bunch of high school kids. But the kids there, they haven't yet been effectively destroyed in right. terms of their outlook. So that, it, you know, in response to what you're saying, the... the the, the younger the people are, uh, interestingly enough, the more open they are to the discussion. Sure. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the less that they've been indoctrinated into this, mm-hmm. I guess, the more open they would be. So uh, that, that kind of leads me into my next question, which is, and I got this even uh, earlier in the week, talking, sadly, to my dad of all people, so you can't deny that climate change isn't real. And then I'm like, well, I'm not saying the climate's not changing, but in the you know, terrible, catastrophic manner that you've been taught to believe it is, it's not. And then he's like, well, prove it. What do you say to someone when, when that happens? I mean, ask, I had ask them to prove that it is real. 
And a lot of times it turns into a yes or no thing. Mm -hmm. like, do you believe in it or are you a denialist? Right. Like, we're not talking about whether you believe in you know, the tooth fairy or something. Mm -hmm. This is something where it's also, there's some numbers involved here. Right. Like you say, okay, well, a doubling of CO2, how much would that change the temperature? One and a half degrees? Half a degree? Three degrees? It's like this isn't just a yes or no kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You say, well, how much does the, the water uh, feedback uh, affect things? What's the role of the sun in changing the amount of cosmic rays reaching the Earth, which builds up cloud cover? Is that that's not even included in the IPCC models? In fact, when one of the scientists who was studying this, he was studying cosmic rays and the climate and the atmosphere and clouds, he got one of the big laboratories in Europe to create artificial cosmic rays and make, he was able to create more clouds in an, in an experiment. They didn't want to publish that. They didn't want to put that up on their website. They didn't want it known because it challenged what was the, the common view, that we know everything about the whole Earth. I mean, if there's anything that's hard to make a model of, like mm -hmm. even getting an airplane right is hard, right? But you're going to understand how the whole Earth works? And you're going to say you figured it all out and we shouldn't debate it or look at it anymore, but we should go ahead and spend $50 trillion that could go into something useful to instead mm -hmm. put up solar panels or bird-killing windmills? <laughs> and if you look at it this way, too, the Earth goes through periods of, hot, of warmer periods and colder periods. So the effect of humankind on the, on the climate is not known. And is, was the Earth just heading towards a warmer, you know, period of time? Or is it our fault? Is, are we heading towards a warmer period of time? Or is just, you know, the climate shifting around the globe? Is it a natural phenomenon? Does it, we had, does it happen to coincide with industrialization? No one's, no one's answering these questions because they don't have the answer. Right. They want to just go ahead and say, no, it's your fault. Stop killing my sea turtles. You know, stop driving cars. You know, give all your money to the government so they can fix climate change because if we don't fix climate change, everyone's dead anyway. And they do it. Part of that is actually, it really is faking the data. So depending on whether you ask satellites, is the Earth even warming right now? They'll tell you over the last 15, 20 years, no, it stopped warming up. Mm -hmm. Now, none of the models, because these, these, this IPCC has been putting out climate models since the, since the 90s at this point was that they had a prediction of what it would be like today, and they're wrong. They said it would be hotter today than it is. So you say, okay, you've been wrong in the past. Mm -hmm. um, you're wrong right now. It's not even warming up. So what they say is, well, ground temperature stations do show that it's warming. Well, those numbers are all adjusted. They aren't raw data. And some of the people that are involved, for example, just, and this is one specific, of, of adjusting the data, when other researchers said, well, we'd like to get the raw data, they said, we're not going to give that to you. You're just trying to prove that we're wrong. <laughs> That's not scientific. Wow. So it's the sort of thing where if you kind of scratch under the surface and like any of the things, what's the data? How good are the models? What are they based on? Do people really agree? Pick any of these things and just try to follow it up. 97% of scientists agree. Hmm. Do they really? Did someone take a poll of every scientist in the world? It didn't. It never happened. <laughs> and what do 97% agree with? That the climate's changing? Everybody agrees with that. Right? So the question is how much? Well, how much is the human impact? And maybe it's good. Mm -hmm. If it makes plants grow better, yeah. hey, that's fertilizer in the air. Great. Right. Yeah, and I noticed too, and we've talked about this a little bit on previous shows, but maybe you guys can shed some light on this, is that the, the, the buzzwords or the buzz phrases, I should say, yeah. change. Right now, it's climate change. A few years ago, it was global warming. Mm -hmm. And it seems that whenever one narrative is not being met, or global warming obviously sounds 
worse than climate change because things are warming up and the ice caps are melting and sea levels are rising and blah de blah de blah de blah. So is this is this really just a way again to continue to indoctrinate people and make them believe that the, the world is going to come to an end? We have to allocate these resources towards these ridiculous uh, you know, energy platforms. Well, if I can say that, I, I mean, uh, my wife, <coughs> she was with me on the day that we went to the um, to the climate strike, and she talked to a couple of the speakers, <coughs> and uh, she was talking to the speakers, probing them about about whether whether actually you know for example do you but do you think that um that we should stop having children and uh and she had two people there one of them said yes absolutely we need zero children i mean this is like a wild idea wow. and that's the so, end of humanity exactly the other person said oh well that's too far for me no i, I don't i don't believe in that like we shouldn't force people not to have kids and so forth and what you find is that there's <clears throat> there's cracks there's con conflicts within this grouping because there's a priesthood of this kind of religious belief and the priesthood is intentionally misleading people and trying to try and therefore using all types of new kind of whatever that whenever this argument gets weak then they throw in a new one right you know <clears throat> and and then you have the large number of people actually they just haven't considered the implications they just haven't uh taken a moment because instead they're being constantly i mean manipulated right brainwashed effectively uh, and and told the way that you can know something is whether an authority tells you what it is right and it all comes down to fear again <coughs> every every single time we talk about something whether it's gun control climate change all these things they utilize fear into making you think that if you don't follow them, massive amounts of people are going to die. And when people get afraid, they just go, okay, take my money, take my freedoms, go, do whatever you need to do, just keep me safe, I don't want to have to worry about it. And that's a big problem, because people aren't asking these questions. Mm -hmm. People don't have this information. Mm -hmm. Every time I talk to someone, they're like, well, you know the polar ice caps are melting, I'm like, are they? Are they really? <laughs> NASA begs to differ. It's a real issue, and it's it's something that's not going to change because, I mean, it can change through education. But the general human condition and a lot of the issue that people have is that they don't want to be afraid. You don't want to have, people don't want to have to worry where their next paycheck is coming from. They don't want to have to worry about someone mugging them on the street. They don't want to have to worry about, oh, sudden sea levels rising and then, then being washed out and, you know, you know a, a blow-up kid pool and then flying down the Long Island Expressway. You know, they don't want to have to worry about these things, so they put it on somebody else, and when someone comes from a point of authority and says, look, this is what's happening, you need to give us money so we can fix this, they go, take it. Mm-hmm. Well, if, you know, I'm interested for Jason to say a little bit more about the, the presidential committee because <clears throat> it's, I personally think this is, has an enormous potential to change that. Because mm -hmm. obviously, like, this is an international situation. Right. Because every country except, you know, respectively, except for the United States, is in that Paris Accord, which is based on the UN's IPCC reports, which are fraudulent. And so it's a totally nutty thing that they're doing. It's very, very dangerous. Uh, but the president has actually said no, and he got us out of that. And if he brings forth this committee, the key approach to it, what Happer is saying, is that you want to have a red team, blue team approach, where one team says, all right, absolutely, the human, being, human activity is driving the climate. And the other team says, that's absolutely wrong. And then you run a rigorous exercise to see, you know, what, 
where you test things that otherwise are not being tested because they're being assumed, because they're, mm -hmm. because of consensus again, right? So actual science. Yeah. What you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and uh, you know, if that happens, and the the if that kind of thing is given the kind of attention that it deserves, then I think you could have um, you could cause a major crack in the way that this has been built up. Mm -hmm. I think so. I think it would have an effect like what happened with the the end of Russia Gate. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not. That doesn't mean it's over. Yeah, but it right. should be. Right. Um, For the most part, it is. Yeah. According to polls, yeah. <laughs> So, but blowing this thing open, I think it'll be a real victory for science too. Mm -hmm. Because then, imagine kids in school—they're taught you can't just believe things. The whole the whole Renaissance was based on saying, you know, we we don't just know everything. We got to go out and do experiments. But meanwhile, then they're also told, and the Earth is changing, and we're causing it. And if a kid asks why, it's because we are. Everyone says so. It's like mm -hmm. that's not really like any of these other classes. So culturally, it's just it really is creepy because then it treats people like. They, we're not able to, to come to knowledge about anything. Mm -hmm. Blowing it open will be great, and I think it's really exciting. One of Trump's first initiatives after the, the Mueller dud, you know, happened, was to make this announcement about about the moon. He said, "Well, hey, now that's something exciting. Mm -hmm. That's something that you know." I say, "Hey, my my kids are going to see people walk on the moon. Great. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see it. That's great." <laughs> Yeah, definitely, and it and the whole questioning the authority it comes from the American spirit. We yeah. are we are built on a revolution. Mm -hmm. We are a country of rebels. So to just sit back and be like, yeah, you know, don't worry, the government's got you. That's not that's that doesn't sit right with me as an American. It's I've been taught my entire life that you know when when the government is tyrannical, you need to right you know you rise up. You you know you freedom is what's most important in this country, and to see people just be like, well, you know, we don't really care. The government's going to handle it. It's like. You don't know that you can trust the government. And throughout history, you see that when people give too much power to the government, it backfires. Mm -hmm. So why not investigate it? And for argument's sake, let's say they discover climate change is real. He does, you know, he does the study the way that it should be done. Then fine. Mm -hmm. Then we can have an, an actual approach to it, as opposed to we need to knock down and rebuild every building in the country. We need to eliminate cars. We need to eliminate cow cars. That's an insane approach. Can't so regardless that. of what the outcome is of this, it's good. So either either humans are not driving climate change, which is excellent, or we are, and we can have a rational approach where we can actually do something about it. Yeah. You know, like if I get one thing on this, it's that um, <clears throat> look look at what's happening in France, right? Because um, the uh, tomorrow actually at our town hall meeting in Manhattan, we're going to have Jacques Cheminade speak. He's a presidential candidate. He's a uh, leader of our, our organization in France. And he's been going to the, the Yellow Vest, uh, the Gilets Jaunes, uh, you know, gatherings. Mm -hmm. And basically, these people got moving because a, a carbon tax was put on them to try to make them stop using fossil fuels because it's good for the environment. And what it did was it massively impoverished a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. You know, it made their lives incredibly difficult. And they said, no, we're not going to take it anymore. Right. And I think that that's also we're hitting that boundary point because mm -hmm. you can't you cannot continue. Trump, I think, is totally right. If the if the Green New Deal continues to be like a central point of discussion for the Democrats, they're done. They're yeah. just who who on earth in the country is going to support that? Yeah, you know. So so the question is sort of like if you if we're coming to to my mind, we're coming to some kind of uh, of a of a you know a breaking point. And it, it, that's an opportunity for really beautiful and profound and American patriotic ideas to come forward. Um, so I, I, I would look at it from the standpoint that we can, we should get into 
the conferences where they're talking about they're pushing this nonsense mm -hmm. and we should stand up and I really encourage everyone to get in and just challenge people directly mm -hmm. because they're weak they're weak if you say if your response to me is you know like the sunrise movement we saw them in Colombia and and the response to, to us was no there's no debate no we're not going to debate don't talk to those people now what effect does that have on the young people who are in the process of being recruited to their insane group they say uh oh yeah right like wait a second maybe these people are fascist, or at least they have some sense that these people are not trying to get me to think for myself. Yeah, they're not trustworthy. Yeah, and I, I, I was going to make a similar comment that I think between Russiagate ending and th this, this committee being formed, I think the left is really turning in on itself, more so than I think we've ever seen in, in at least our lifetime. We're both 30, or you're 31. Right. Yeah, keep reminding yeah. me. Yeah, you're 30. That'll end well for you. Yeah. Well, I'm 31 later this year. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, in, in our entire lives, we've never seen a collapse in on something. They, they continue to go more and more and more radical, and I feel like now, on so many key areas, it's finally being tried. Whether you can say it's due to the president, whether you can see uh, just due to the Internet, I don't know, but we're, we're getting it across. So in terms of your pact, is it just focus on climate change, or is that just one of your big initiatives? That's one of the flanks that we've got right now. I mean, our big initiative for the United States is a, a four-part policy that our, our founder, LaRouche, put together in terms of having a Glass-Steagall Act to bring back the wall between Wall Street-type banking and normal commercial banking that's related to businesses, mm -hmm. to create a national banking approach to finance big projects, some of these things. Like, for example, infrastructure. Like, a local business, does it need to make a profit to make sense? Yes. Mm -hmm infrastructure if you build dams and you stop flooding do you have to ask whether people did the dam make money from people taking tours of it and from selling electricity some right. things it's, it's just natural that the government's got to do it mm -hmm. so if we had a, a national bank to help make that possible and invested in these kinds of things as well as moving forward with the the new kinds of science with fusion and with space this is what we'd like to see done mm -hmm. and you bring up what's going on in the democratic party how it's just destroying itself right now you know, one of the, the potentials, one of the things Trump coming in was he was saying, look, let's work together on infrastructure, right? Don't we all agree we ought to build up our infrastructure? It's tough to talk about infrastructure if you're saying that everything should be shut down and we're, you know, killing the planet and everything like this. So, no, we've got a, um, you know, that, that, that our program for the United States is that we can collaborate with other countries like Russia and China, which Russia gave, in addition to trying to delegitimize the Trump victory and even overturn it, by people in the FBI deciding they don't like the president that the people voted for and then throwing them out of office. Mm -hmm. The other effect that it's still had that hasn't been fully broken up, there's two. One is that even a bar statement still accepted the idea that Russia was hacking the election or whatever that might mean. Like these you know, piddly amounts that they spent on some Facebook ads are the reason <laughs> Trump won. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The other aspect is where did Russiagate come from? Because it wasn't just inside the U.S. And you know, Trump had retweeted a tweet from the editor of Disobedient Media where he said part of this was the United Kingdom not wanting to have Russia's influence increase and have good relations with the U.S., so they helped promote this. Mm. Look, the central thing on this thing, that document from Christopher Steele with the supposed you know, prostitutes, the peeing, all this, all this crap, where did that come from? That came from the U.K. Where did the FBI and CIA first learn about supposed Trump dealings with Russia? 2015, the, the head of the of British intelligence coming to the U.S. to talk to them about it. So I think it's one of the great things we can do is if we break up the idea that we're supposed to have a special relationship with England, 
Mm. Why do we have to have a special relationship? What makes England so good? They suck. That's why we broke away from that. receptacles on the streets. <laughs> right. Yeah. Traditionally, we're not exactly having been friends with the UK. So this yeah. idea, what happened was after World War II, when we were allied with, yes, with the UK, but also, who did we fight the Nazis with? Russia. 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 Yeah. And then all of a sudden, within a few years, we had the Cold War. And now, look, I'm not saying communism was a good system or anything like that, but did it, you know, the, just the way, could it have gone a different way? And also... Russia is not the Soviet Union. Right. Right? So what it, what it does is it has the effect of, of, of sort of just putting out of people's minds the fact that, you know, like China, for example, which has been, they've been putting a ton of money into infrastructure. They've been growing their economy. It's, it's just phenomenal what they've got going on there. So if we could, uh, if we could cooperate with these countries instead of feeling that we've got to be in, in an endless competition, I think that would be a good thing. And if we focus on building up our economy, our physical economy, it's not all finance. What's our physical economy? Are people liberated to actually develop in that way? That's where our future lies. Great. So where can people find out more about LaRouche Pact? Website or? Well, I like go, tell them about how to, how to support the president. Well, I was going to say, yeah, two, two, yeah. two things. I mean, our, our, it's a way our, to get on our website. Our website is at LaRouchePact.com, mm -hmm. L-A-R-O-U. C-H-E-P-A-C.com. Mm -hmm. um, specifically, if you want to find out more about the President's Committee on Climate Science, you can go to lpac.co, L-P-A-C, dot C-O, slash P-C-C-S. So, President's Committee on Climate Science. LPAC.co slash PCCS. We will put the link at yeah. the bottom of the episode so people do not have to memorize that. <laughs> I'm driving and I'm going to die. <laughs> well, guys, thanks so much for coming in. We really appreciate it. It was definitely very informative, and I hope, you know, maybe for some of the folks watching who, like ourselves, we weren't really all that brushed up. We knew very general things about climate science, a lot of the lies that people are being indoctrinated into, but it's nice to hear that you guys are involved and you're trying to change the younger generations and, and open up other people's eyes to this. So guys, uh, feel free to check out the Rouge Pack again. Their link and the link to the Climate Science Committee will be in the description below, but for that, I'm Pete, this is Evan, we got Jason and Daniel. Thanks so much for watching. Have a great weekend. We'll come back at you Monday. Have a good one. Hey everyone, it's Evan from Empire State Conservative Network. Please check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Also, check us out on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network, on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY, and on Twitter at Empire State Cons. Also, check out our store at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com store for all current and future merchandise to help melt the snowflakes in your life. And as always, don't let fear take your freedom.